take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never-ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come, my friend Cause this is war Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to talk to you about this past week. Uh, my son and I just came back from a trip from to Boston. We just uh, did the Freedom Trail, and it was very enlightening, to say the least. You know, you, you see what happened with all of um, the kids, actually, that fought, and then we see in the news how a man is being portrayed as a woman and getting all of these media deals. And um, it, it's just mind blowing. It's mind blowing how how far our country has has come since those days. And honestly, how little of that history that even I knew. Uh, so I thought it was very important to bring my son along and um, and show him show them what was happening. But first, before we get into that, on this first half, I want to bring my friend, uh, a fellow nurse, Senator Janae Champ, onto the show. Um, I'll let you tell, I'll let Senator uh, tell her story of how she became a senator this year and what she's been experiencing in in Congress and um, and her fight there. So welcome, Senator. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. I'm just such a huge fan of yours. I'm just grateful to be in this fight with you. Yeah, I feel I feel the same. I feel the same. It's uh it feels kind of lonely at times, very lonely and very isolating. And then you meet other people um, that have the same heart and the same light and the same fight in them um, to do what's right and promote the truth. And, you know, when we meet each other, it's it's really just electrifying. And um, I'm very thankful that that you are the type of person that's in the same corner as me. So that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my, you know, you know, my story, my story is, is, is very simple. I was a nurse that went from a hero to a zero in about 2.2 seconds when the COVID-19 injection became a mandate. And I got caught in a loophole that did not allow me to file for a religious exemption. A medical exemption would have been my only, uh, my only option, which unfortunately was not an option. So I started participating in gatherings and I started meeting people and talking to other healthcare um, workers that were in the same situation as myself and trying to figure out what we were going to do. And, 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 and what's really, it was so shocking that what we do every day as nurses was not being done for us. You know, mm-hmm. informed consent and allowing a patient to make their own medical decisions about their tr- care and treatment based on their 
religious beliefs, their personal beliefs, their observances, um, everything that we have um, come to protect from the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the EEOC guidelines. So it wasn't until I met a um, former member of Congress from Michigan uh, standing waiting in an elevator that I guess God decided we needed to have a conversation because the elevator never came back for us. So <laughs> we uh, we stood there for about a half an hour before our husbands trekked back up the stairs to come get us. And and in that time, we um, we just started talking about the situation that we were in as a country and that it was time to start standing up to the tyranny and to fight for our personal liberties. Uh, you know, you talk about the freedom trail and I, I actually worked a contract in Massachusetts. I was in Worcester. And so I took a rainy day off and went and walked the freedom trail and, and mm -hmm. saw the house and, 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 and to think about what they went through and what they fought for and then, you know, you, I hear Benjamin Franklin's words in my in my head, you know, in 1787, when he was leading the Constitutional Convention, and he said, we've created a republic if you can keep it. Yeah. You yeah. know, all that swirls in my head and, 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 that, and that beautiful um, congresswoman giving me that advice. She says, you need to go home and you need to run for office. We need we need people in office that are willing to fight for our personal freedoms and to protect what our country, all of the, um, all of the beliefs that created our country and the reason we created our country. Right. Right. And so I didn't yeah. really want to, <laughs> I, I was, you, you know, hospital politics. That's why I was a travel nurse, you know, yes. and I never wanted to be in management, but turned out I was, I was really good at it too. So, you know, here I am, um, you know, I, I dove in head first and I worked my tail off and a political outsider and I won my race and I won against an incumbent that uh, didn't have the best record at all. And I came in with my fierce um, love for this country, for my state, for my fellows, and for the rights that are given and protected in the Constitution that were being trampled upon. And so the, the culmination of everything um, came to pass with SB 1250, which was my medical freedom bill that was just vetoed last week. Yes. And, and, yeah. and you were a huge part of, of you know, the process and the conversations and what we needed to do to protect our healthcare workers. And I'm very proud of the stakeholder process that we had, you know, with both sides coming together, businesses, hospitals, individual providers, individual citizens, and the conversations and coming to a place where we could all agree that SB 1250 was a perfect way to take the subjectivity out of emergency use and um, any kind of uh, vaccine. Take, mm -hmm. the, take the subjectivity out of what it means and how you go about getting a exemption. So I'm very disappointed in um, the governor's office for vetoing, vetoing 1250 because <laughs> Ultimately, I believe that Hobbes has chosen medical tyranny over medical freedom. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I mean, with that process, um, you know, I want to take people back just a little bit, Senator. Uh, you know, you, you were a travel nurse. 
you had a conversation with another congresswoman. You you see what's happening in our world, and she, she encourages you to step up. Now, a lot of people may think like maybe this is something I want to do. I mean, you know, for me being a whistleblower, that was that was kind of like the natural progression I found out because once I blew the whistle, everybody was asking me, are you running for office? And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. And they're like, really? Because that's what whistleblowers do. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not the typical whistleblower, I guess. Uh, But really what would have prevented me is because of my ignorance to the law and the rule and the procedure and, and all of that. I mean, you've been, you know, very, you know, gracious and wonderful, like educating me, you know, when we're talking about things, because it's, it's literally learning a new language. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so what kind of background did you have? I mean, did you, were you already political? Did you already understand um, the process and all of that? You know, I think we all remember ABC Schoolhouse Rocked. I knew that. Um, <laughs> I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. <laughs> uh, you know, my my experience um, that I came in with is my fight to be an advocate. I've been an ad. I was an advocate for my mom when she was sick. My whole life, I was being conditioned to be a nurse, and I was an advocate for my patients. Then I stepped into the managerial role and became kind of. Um, I was a locum perioperative manager, meaning I would go into a broken operating room department, operating department, um, surgical department. I would go in and I would analyze the situation, see who needed coached up, who needed taken um, and put into a different position and shifted around what policies needed changed, what staff were actually not conducive to a solid team, and then to bring everyone together. So in my mind, when somebody says to me, this congresswoman says to me, you should run for office, the first thing I thought of is, well, I have no experience in politics, Mm -hmm. but I do have experience in policy, and I do have experience in being an advocate for the people. And so- And um, working with people. And working with people, absolutely. Because, you know, I work with surgeons, anesthesia providers, nurses, scrubs, um, administration that usually doesn't know understand what it's like to be behind the red line in the surgical department. So, and being that the person in the middle of that, and, and I found I was actually really good at it and I enjoyed it because I like making things work better. Mm-hmm. So then I've transitioned that into uh, down here at the Capitol and um, I've been, I've been told that I'm, I'm doing a great job for a freshman and I kind of giggle about the four freshman part. And, <laughs> and I think the re the, the reason why is because my drive is so pure. I am here because we need to make sure that we advocate for what our country stands for and to stand for what's right and to raise awareness to the ways that we have been wronged and then make sure that we don't do it again. How do we best move forward? Because as a nurse, you know, it's about prevention. Right. So once you once you identify the disease process, then what are you going to do to prevent it from getting worse or to heal it, right? So mm-hmm. I look at everything through that lens, that nurse lens, and... Um, 
the process of how a bill works and policy. And of course it was, you know, it was all very new. Um, and the, the dynamics of, you know, voting on the floor and what the procedures were, but you know what, I didn't know the procedures in the operating room when the first time I was, you know, when I was in the OR. So I learned that. And I think that, um, I, I've kind of always been the person that likes to learn new things. Yeah. So. I mean, you've been great when you, when you get up and speak and I hear you, which I really appreciate on your Instagram, um, what your Instagram is AZ Senator Champ. Yes. Yeah. Um, AZ Senator Champ. When you, uh, give us updates weekly and, and I hear you speak about what happened that week and, you know, and just fill in, fill us in on what happened. I'm, I always, I, I just am in awe of you, Senator. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I'm so proud that not only, you know, are you a nurse, but you are really representing us very well uh, there at the Capitol. And I know I've heard other people talk and and say what a great job you're doing and and why it's so awesome is because you're not looking to do this as a career for the rest of your life. Oh, right. goodness. No. Oh, right. goodness. No. I want to get back in the operating room. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so you're, you know, you're coming at, at it very pure, like you said, as an activist and, and you're looking at it and saying, this is what needs to be done. And as a, a citizen of the United States, I am going to step in this for, for a term or two. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And 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 I've um I, I would say that I, I may have started out as an activist, but I'm definitely seeing that there is a bit of a difference between being an activist and being someone that actually governs, right? And 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 so it's it's been an interesting transition this session because sometimes I wanna just I wanna just um you know, you know yeah. what it's like. You wanna just not be the boss, right? right. right. You wanna just be able to just and and that's not necessarily how it works. So I'm I'm grateful that I've been able to transition and I've been able to to lead and to um to to gather voice. People. I, I gather people and then to be able to give them a voice. Um, I think that is the 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 best part. You know, um, I was I was the one that was you know waiting for someone and pushing for people to hear us, and so now I get to actually be the person that makes everyone stop and listen to the people that need to be heard, and and I'm very proud. I'm very proud of that. And as frustrated as I get, I know that what we're doing, even if 1250 did not get signed, mm -hmm. 1250 is probably not going to get signed as long as. Um, the governor's office is being run by the person that's running it now. So yeah. what do we do in the meantime? Well, what we do in the meantime is we start talking about what happened. We start taking the covers back and looking at how we were lied to and how public health was dictated based upon bogus science, lies, and the 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 censorship that went on that did not allow for the truth to come out as it was being noticed right in the very beginning. Um, whether we're talking about uh, the masks and the six foot social distancing and the 
I don't know about you, Jody, but I watched how infect in, in infection control practices that we have been judged upon for years. You know, you know what it's like to have the accrediting agencies come in when we have survey mm-hmm. or when state comes in for survey, and it's you. The, the the measures that they have implemented that we followed that, you know, we were always very like, you know, make sure you do this and make sure you do that. And then we should be doing this all the time and all got thrown out the window. Uh, completely thrown out the window. Completely. And then we were supposed to just act like it didn't happen and just be quiet and put your mask that you're going to reuse, even though it's contaminated and probably contaminated with a quote unquote, highly infectious disease. Um, we're going to put that in a brown paper sack in your locker. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. What? And, 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 and we didn't have N95s being distributed to us. We didn't have the paper mask and we were, yeah, every patient I come in contact with their airway is exposed, right? They're, they're intubated. So I'm exposed to whatever disease process and well, we're throwing infection control out the window. We're not protecting our staff. And now all of a sudden, if you don't get this, um, if you don't get this experimental shot, you can't work anymore. Right. And yeah, and then and you, right, you go to the grocery store in scrubs in the beginning of COVID and people are like, thank you so much. And then after they decided to push this huge, if you don't get vaccinated, you hate your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Then I go to the grocery store in my scrubs and I get ridiculed, pointed at and treated poorly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, there were many times, like if I knew I needed to go to the mall or something, I would go uh, in my scrubs, even if I was off of work, just to go there and not even have a mask on my face and to show people, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, she's a medical, she's some kind of medical person and she's not wearing a mask. I mean, seriously, I would do that to this day. It's still, it still bothers me like viscerally when I see people wearing a mask and, you know, it bothers me too. We, you know, I worked in, I worked in California a lot and, and I, I believe it's actually, it's been um, it's been passed now here too. Um, it is the OSHA guidelines for the um, the Bovi knife, the electrosurgical um, blade that we utilize. Uh, it you know it, it creates it creates smoke, and that smoke actually goes through our surgical masks. And so they've created devices because they've proven that it's it's it causes cancer. Uh-huh. And so they've created devices that suck that smoke. And so, you know, getting surgeons to switch because they don't like the the pen or they don't like the the sound. Um, you know, it was it was very trying at first. And but it was all about the fact that the size of the particles of the smoke would go through the surgical mask. So we had to do something. We have to get it away from the field so that, you know, healthcare professionals are not getting sick while they're taking care of other people. Yep. And that smoke, the particle size <laughs> is 80 times larger than an aerosolized molecule with a, with a viral particle. Right. But right. we were all told that masks work. And, 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 and even if you put like, I went into, um, I went into a restaurant and they told me that I had to have a mask and I of course wouldn't. And they said, well, you can put a, a napkin over your mouth while you order. Uh-huh. Right. I know. 
And I'm like, really? And, you know, and then I'm in the grocery store and I'm in my scrubs and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting bad looks from people. And I, I will never forget this woman had a mask on and she had gloves on, which of course nurses, that's our pet peeve, right? To see people oh. walking around with gloves on because Absolutely. gloves, once you put them on, they're dirty, right? Yep. And so she looks at me, she gives me a dirty look, and then she goes back to her weekly coupon paper book, you know, that you get at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you, Jody. She pulls down her mask and she licks her gloved finger to turn the page. <laughs> and I thought, this world has lost its mind. Did I seriously just witness that? Oh my goodness. And this woman's giving me dirty looks for not having a mask. <laughs> um, it was, oh uh, it, what happened was crazy. Yeah. And so the, you know, fear is, fear is powerful. Fear yeah. is very, very powerful. And, um, I'm grateful that we're not afraid and I'm grateful that God has given me the ability to have a voice so that people can hear that we need to, we need to not ever do this again. Never. Well, the the thing is, you know, I sit there and, and I, I think of what we've allowed to happen and where we are as a society today where, you know, there more people are waking up, but what's the point in waking up if you're not going to do anything about it? Right. And, and, and it's, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, even in the very beginning, I was, you know, they knew the mask weren't, didn't do anything right. They saw even uneducated people, you know, knew like the man, this isn't doing anything. Watch how they handle it. They throw it down, they pick it up. You know, any, any person with any ounce of common sense could tell that the mass didn't do much, but yet they complied, they complied. And I would tell people just don't do it. And if all of us don't do it, you know, then, then we wouldn't be here today. And now we're, you know, trying to like get crumbs and stuff, you know, and then be like, oh, well, at least we won here or we won this. And it's like, yeah, but at what cost? At what cost? Yeah. Yeah. At what cost? I mean, look at what our healthcare. um, I mean, we already we're having a shortage and Mm -hmm. and and now look where we are. Um, And I know people that will not go back to healthcare because of how they were treated and how how disgusted they are with their beloved profession. And I understand what they mean. I understand how they feel. Uh, For me, I pray to God that I'm able to get back into the OR and I'm able to um, get back to taking care of my patients because there is nothing that um, I love more in this world than being able to comfort someone and be there for them in arguably one of their, you know, what could be the scariest time of their life. You know, it's another day at the office for us, but it's not for patients, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and, and, and being that, being that person that's right there with them through the whole thing and helping them to make the decisions that's best for them. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, I miss that a lot. Yeah. I, you know, you're just doing it in another realm. Same as me, you know, I I do miss the bedside. I do miss the whole, the adrenaline of it all. I, you know, working together, collaborating, discussing, um, you know, like how, what, why did this happen or what else can we do? What, what are we not thinking of? You know, just that, that whole camaraderie there and, you know, I just don't ever see myself back at a bedside unless it's, you know, a freedom hospital that's not run by big pharma and, and yeah. they're happening. They're happening. I, they are. um, it's just going to take some time. I, I, I'm just so thankful that we have you there and, you know, in our, in Arizona and our Congress and, you know, um, just using your voice because when, when Katie Hobbs vetoed that bill, didn't she say something to affect that, um, that we, you know, people are <sighs> educated. Yeah. She said, let's work to find bipartisan solutions that promote the educated and healthy workforce that is essential for Arizona's economy. That made me so, so angry. I was so disgusted. I mean, talk about insulting. I mean, it, you know, it's it's it, it's even more insulting than when um, the View talked about why were those why did that nurse have a doctor's stethoscope, you know, right, and, right. and 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 they're just a nurse, and yeah, yeah, it's absolutely horrific to me that you would call, you know, um, an entire um, group of of people, citizens of your state, and um, arguably the one of the. <laughs> I mean, come on now, the nurses, what doctors, uh, CNAs, rad techs, respiratory to all of us. Why are we there? We're there to help people. And you just called us uneducated and unhealthy because we refused to try an experimental drug because Mm -hmm. we were just doing what we do for our patients. Yeah. Full informed consent was not happening. Mm hmm. And I mean, we are finding that out and, and I'm, I'm grateful that now I have, I have the capability, um, to give Arizonans some answers and some accountability. And that's exactly what I intend to do. And I'm very excited that we are going to do a joint federal state hearing with selected members of the Arizona legislature, expert witnesses as guests, as well as, um, Congressman Gosar, and we've also invited Congressman Biggs, Lesko, and Siskamani to be a part of this. And we're going to allow the public to give testimony as to what their experience was, because I look at this a lot like a code debrief. You know, after we have a code, we always meet and we talk about what what did we do right? What could we have done better? Because as providers, we're always working to to do the best that we can. And always to um, better ourselves. And and a lot of the times it might just be to to sit and to have a conversation because it's so hard on us emotionally, right? So that's kind of how I'm looking at this. This is our COVID-19 debrief and it's time that it's done and it's time that the truth comes out. We need to, we need to discuss the censorship, the misinformation, the lies. We need to talk about what we know about COVID-19 now. We need to talk about the political response, the failures and the successes. We need to talk about the repression and oppression by medical extremists. Yeah. 
Yeah. We need to, I mean, for crying out loud, there was a, there was a county in the state of Arizona that was placed on, uh, they had a, they had a curfew from 10 PM to 5 AM. We yeah. live in the United States of America. What is going on? Now, and, I, and I found it, I, you know, and it was so, it was so interesting to me that you could be like, okay, let's say you could be out on Lake Pleasant till 5 PM. Well, what happens at 5 PM? Does COVID come out at 5 PM? Right. What What about when we walk into a restaurant and as long as you have a mask and you walk to your table, then you can take your mask off when you're seated. Is there some kind of per, like invisible force fielder on your table? And know, and people bought it and they complied and and yeah, there was a massive public health incompetence. Let's just say that. And yes, there's yeah. legal processes that that were um, that were done that were wrong, and we need to remedy that. Yeah. And ultimately, we really need to look at the truth about vaccines because just Senator, when you're looking to go to break here, do are you going? Do you have some more time? To- I actually have 10 minutes and then I have to be on the floor. So I do not. OK, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, well, I love having you on as a guest. I um, anytime something else comes up please come back on and and fill us in on what's going on. Um, if you want to make this a weekly, if you want to make this a, a weekly thing or a biweekly, I absolutely would love to. And let's keep talking about um, what it is that we're setting up this May and what our plans are and make sure that everyone knows about it. I want everyone to be able to come down here and say, hey, this happened to me and this can't happen again. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know. Well, I want to hear the stories. I want like, the people to be able to air their grievances with their elected officials. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's going to be a big thing, um, really big. And I want to promote that and talk about that. So we will get you back on here. Senator, you have a great day and thank you for all of your work. Thank you, Jody. You too. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to see you. Thank you. Yes. So speaking of guys, uh, you know, people gathering and getting together, there is an event in on April 28th through the 30th in Nashville. Come see Nurses Out Loud. Uh, We will be there. We will be there speaking and um, I will have the link in the bio. But for those of you that are here, um, go to the wellness revolution world tour dot com and pick the nurse ticket option and come out and see us and see what we are doing um, to change the landscape of uh, healthcare in America. We'll be right back. It's time and this is The wellness company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science like doctors on the left. Their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, are the makers of the incredible American-made, high-quality Spike formula. If you worry about spike proteins, go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. Once again, that's TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. 
Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. It's always so nice to talk to Senator Champ and talk to a fellow nurse that's really, you know, having the same heart in this fight. Um, you know, I told you guys before we came back from break, um, the nurses are getting together and it's open to the public on April 28th through 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we are gathering together and those that are, that have walked away from this system are forging a new path. And I encourage everyone to come out and, and mingle with us nurses out loud. Um, we're trying to get all five of us together, but I know at least three of us will be there for sure. And, and just hear what we're doing. There's going to be workshops and, and alternative solutions to working into the hospital, and um, and helping with legislation and all of that. And so I think it's just going to be a really great thing. Uh, Senator Champ, she alluded to before she had to leave and go back on the House floor um, that she is uh, organizing an Arizona state legislate legislature and U.S. Congressional Joint Pandemic Response Ad Hoc Committee um, on 
May 26th and 27th. Um, there's a bunch of big names here uh, that she is waiting for confirmation uh, to talk with them. And um, and hopefully, you know, we can really bring the truth out into light. And what I have learned throughout this process is that even, you know, people say, well, what's the point? What's the point if it's not, nothing's going to change. And, you know, it's actually us doing it because we believe that if we do use our voices, things will change and why it's so important for us to do that and get it on record. Right. So that's the big thing is getting this on record, uh, that they can pull back from. So, um, yeah, so that'll be great. We'll bring Senator Champ back on to talk about that a little bit more um, and then in the coming weeks. But I wanted to talk with you guys about my trip uh, to Boston with my 13 year old son, Benjamin. And um, and we'll discuss that. But I thought it was a really cool timing because yesterday or a couple of days ago, I learned that um, Senator Bob, excuse me, <laughs> Bobby Kennedy Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is running for president. He is going to uh, run as a Democrat and um, and he is going to, you know, try to get Joe Biden out there. So I, I hope that happens because. You know, I don't even know how our president is actually functioning right now. Um, the stuff that he says, I know if Trump had said anything like that, it would just be, <laughs> I mean, the media would just slay him. Um, but, you know, we have our president just speaking nonsense and and nobody, you know, seems to react any different. And it, it's just it's crazy the times that we're living in and where this country came from. So I'm taking my son to Boston. Um, I actually went there uh, because one of my friends, her father, um, just got a diagnosis of terminal cancer and only has a few months to live. Um, he's on hospice and she's been out there for a couple months and and just wanted some company. And so I figured, well, it's a great opportunity to go spend time with my friend and also take Benjamin out and um, and him and I could both learn because there's a lot that, you know, maybe we were taught, but that we don't retain. Right. And so I am a big proponent of educating and for me, and I think most people, when they really have their hands on and they see and they are actually living through whatever they're learning um, as, as close to as possible, that is where you actually retain the information. And I think it's just so important that we educate our children on you know, the constitution on our bill of rights and of the history, because, you know, as, as soon. So I'll take you back. So we're, we're at the battle of Lexington and this is in Concord, I believe. 
Um, <laughs> we traveled all over the place. Let me see if I can remember. Um, yeah, Lexington Green. And that was in Massachusetts, Lexington, Massachusetts. And it was the site of the first battle of the Minutemen and the Redcoats. And this happened in April 19th, 1775. And we went into this tavern, which is a historic tavern. It's called Buckman Tavern. And um, there it's right, it was right literally across the street from um, from this field, um, little, little field there, probably. It was a, probably a huge field back in the day, but mm, excuse me. And um, and it was a gathering place. And so one thing I thought was interesting is that it did say, uh, luckily, we, we came in the first week of April, because if we would have went on March 30th, it would have been closed due to COVID-19 concerns. So <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Whew. okay. Uh don't get me started on that. Um, but yeah, it was it was lovely tour. And there's an audio um, that you bring with you and you just keep it up to your ear and you can hear um, what was happening. And they said that there was about 80 men that came together and a quarter of them were younger than 20 years of age. And I look at my son as he's sitting there listening to it. And I look at him and I, and I think, wow, oh my gosh, how many, how many boys your age were out here fighting and, and how crazy it is, is how many people that it actually took to make a change. I think they call them the two percenters or three percenters or one percenters, something like that. Um, but essentially, that's kind of what I feel like I am, you know, being a whistleblower on 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 what I saw in the hospital, where I can't imagine how so many of us did not step up and use our voices, you know, as a complete violation of medical ethics. And, you know, it just it made me feel kind of proud to be in that company, actually, you know, and to think of how few people it does take to make a change. You know, I, I think it is it's very empowering to think like, hey, you don't need 50 percent of us. You don't need 20 percent. You just need a few. And. You know, it reminds me, too, of Dr. Aaron Cariardi, who is a medical ethicist, and he did a foreword from my book and said, if there were a hundred more like me that spoke up, we wouldn't even be here today going through this. And I think like, wow, I think there's like four million licensed nurses and you think it only would have taken a hundred of us to speak up and to say something for us to, you know, shine our light and pull back the evil. Wow. Wow. You know, and then uh, other things that we, we went through, we um, were walking down this freedom trail and uh, on the ground, it was just this big emblem that's on the ground that said Boston Massacre, 
day, uh, March 5th, 1770. And I think like, wow, right here where we stood, where we stood right here on this ground, it was a deadly riot that happened. And, 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 and it was because of, um, you know, the British soldiers that came in and occupied the city. And I think there was like 2000 soldiers and there was like 16,000 colonists and that were trying to enforce the tax laws, um, the, the stamp act and the Townsend act and the colonists rebelled against the taxes that they found repressive, right? They were rallying around and saying no taxation without representation. And they stepped up and they did something. And I, I know like it just happened. It was just one day, one day that this happened. It wasn't, you know, a war that lasted for days or years or anything like that. It was just a group of people that were essentially pissed off and saying, you're not just going to go start throwing taxes on us without having a discussion about this. And, and they, you know, threw some things and I think, you know, blood was shed and, you know, guns went off and several people died. But, you know, I, I look at where we're at now as a country and all that we allowed to happen as Senator Shamp said in the beginning, right? Put a mask on. And if you don't have one, throw a, throw a napkin over your face. Just comply. Just comply. Throw, throw a napkin over your face, walk to your table, sit down, remove it, and eat and drink as normal. But you must throw something over your face so that everybody can see that you are complying as you're walking to the table, because it had absolutely nothing to do with science, absolutely nothing to do with it at all. And, and it's just crazy to me that people did that. And, you know, you think in roughly, you know, what, 250 years later, here we are as a, as a nation honoring and glorifying men who think that they are women or vice versa, women who think that they are men. And, and, and it's just so asinine to me that we are living in this psychotic state, right? People are, are really so afraid of speaking out that they would rather keep their mouth shut and look at billboards or videos, commercials of an anorexic looking man, right? Like seriously, probably 70 pounds soaking wet, prancing around in Nike athletic wear, and holding a Bud Light beer with makeup from Sephora, who is who was an actor, right? Who is an actor that obviously, you know, didn't make it. And now they're using this this man as 
the head of the, all their campaigns showing how they are honoring transgender and how this is a normal thing. You know, it's it, you know, in healthcare, we have always been taught that we do not agree with somebody's delusions, right? You know, it, it's just the same as if there was somebody who is anorexic that came into the hospital and in their mind, they truly believe that they are fat, but you can look at them and, and know that, you know, they're failing to thrive. They are not fat by no means. They are at risk of dying from, you know, malnourishment. So as a healthcare provider, we would not say to them and agree with them that they are fat. We would give them the facts and say, you know, we hear what you're saying. We understand that you feel like you are fat, but you are five foot six and you weigh 70 pounds. And so you are at risk of dying. You are not fat. I know you feel like you are, but you're not. And so now they've totally flipped the script, right? So that somebody comes in and says, I'm a man. When you're holding their penis in your hand, as you're putting in a Foley catheter and you are supposed to agree with them and say, oh, yes, you're a woman. I think I might have confused that, but you hear what I'm saying. Oh, yes, you're a woman. And and correct, you are pregnant. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it, it's in, it's craziness. And I can't believe that we are here as a society talking about these things and allowing it to go on as if it's okay and it's normal. Meanwhile, I have my 13-year-old, right, who, who looks like he's 17. I mean, he's six foot, 190 pounds, wears size 13 in men's shoes. He looks like a grown man, but he's not. He's a boy. He's a young teenager, a new teenager. And I have to, and, and, you know, and his hormones are raging, right? You know, and here I am with him looking at all of this demonic, and I call it demonic. It's, it's demonic, you know, us, you know, Satan is a, is the author of confusion. Right. And so I'm having to like call out evil as it's happening. And as we see it, so that he is not, he is not confused. So he is not fooled. I can't have my son fooled thinking he sees, you know, a person that he finds attractive. And then he finds out that he, that it's a, it's a man and not a woman. And then now he's going to be confused and think, oh, well, maybe I do like men. I, I mean, guys, I, I I don't understand like how we how we got here and how we got here so quickly. It it it's just so much, you know. Um, oh, 
I, I, I just, I don't understand. And, and I don't have all the answers and I don't pretend to know all the answers. I, I thank you guys for, for listening to me and, and for sharing in this journey. I get your emails. I, I am very humbled, um, that you do find my opinions valuable because I have no problem giving my opinions, right? Because I do it, I do it in, in a kind way. I, I'm not coming off to people being cruel to them and putting them down. You know, I, I don't feel like that is, that is fruitful and, and by no means. Um, even, even, you know, the people that I completely disagree with um, that spirit of evil and of angst and of being livid, like that's not, that's not a good, it's not a good look. It's not a good feeling. And it surely opens people up to more, more of those evil spirits that can get in, you know, at, at this point in time, you know, with, especially with Passover happening, you know, and we have all of the, the holy feasts that are happening this week, um, you know, Passover, first fruits, you know, our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ dying on the cross to forgive us for our sins, you know, and to take all of our iniquities and all of our transgressions upon him and to bear that on the cross so that all we have to do is just ask for forgiveness and declare him as Lord and personal savior and really feel that, you know, that we believe that he rose from the dead and that he spent, sent out his spirit, you know, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost out onto this world to be our comforter in these trying times. Um, it's just, it's, it's powerful. And, and that is what I always look back on. And, and I always think like, you know what, as crazy as the world can be and as crazy as it's going to get, because, you know, the Bible tells us like, we have not seen anything yet. We have not seen anything remotely resembling the hell that is going to come across this earth, the way it's going to be in the tribulation. And so, you know, I'll, I'll close out this, this show with you today and just let you know how easy it is, how easy it is guys to, to have the Lord in your heart and to be saved and to be born again of spirit and not of flesh you know, those, that term being born again, you know, has had a negative connotation for many years. And people look at all oh, those high rollers, those holy rollers and, and watching how, you know, the Christian church has shut down and, and handled their congregation throughout these last three years. There, there's only very few pastors and preachers that are out there and rabbis and you know, you name it, that are out there speaking the truth and sharing the gospel. So I, I want to close this. 
I want to close this show today with you guys and and just let you know if you if you don't know the Lord and you don't know if you've been born again, that all you need to do is confess of your sins directly to God. You just talk to him, right? Just talk to him just as I'm talking to you right now. You don't have to have anything written down. It just needs to come from your heart. You don't have to have somebody do it for you or anything like that. It's just merely between you and God and having a conversation with them and declaring Jesus, you know, having the faith the size of a mustard seed, tiny, tiny, tiny faith, just a little bit of faith and say, okay, I I believe just a little bit that Jesus rose from the dead and I am going to confess with my mouth that you are Lord and personal savior. And that is all it takes, guys, to be born again of spirit and not of flesh. And just like with anything, any seed that you water and you love it and you nurture it and you it will grow. That's how your faith grows. And um, over this, you know, holiday weekend this week, you know, many people celebrate Easter Um I, I don't even like saying that word personally. If you look at my other shows um, last week, should Christians be celebrating Easter? Um, that would give you an idea of how I feel about that. But um, I, I, I hope you have a wonderful time in communion with, with our father and with your family and friends. And you make it all about Jesus this weekend. And, um, and you, you know, be safe and, and be of good cheer. And God bless you guys. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for following my me and my sister nurses as we walk you through all of the hot topics of today. We ask that you share our stories. We should share the podcasts and the articles because the only way for the truth to get out there is for us to share it. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. This is Nurses Out Loud. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. It's time.